What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood webcast slash podcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. As usual, I'm your host, Jimmy. Um, my brother, Corey's back in the building. Corey, what's going on? What's going on, brother Jim? Oh, man, I can't complain. Ain't nobody listening. But listen, uh, this is episode like uh, 22, I believe. Yeah, 22, 21, 22, one of the others. But um, as usual, man, for all our supporters out there, because like, you know, the, the, the platform is growing. We appreciate it. Everybody on Instagram, all the DMs, the ones I couldn't get to, I apologize. I'm trying to work through them, but this thing is growing and people are reaching out and sharing our content. So I want to say thank you, but also continue to share this content. I don't care if you share it with just one person. Make sure you share it, Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcasts, YouTube, whatever it may be, because um, we want to make sure we get these stories out. These are brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work in business, um, in the community, and building all sorts of great things, um, which leads me to our current guest that we have for this week. A um, little background about how this came about. I actually just read this brother's book, and everybody who follows me knows that I read a lot of books and I post about them. Um, I finished his book, and I was blown away by the topic. It's called uh, Bitcoin and Black America. And it wasn't that it was about Bitcoin, because we've had conversations about cryptocurrency on the show before. Um, offline, we talk about it. But it was some of his ideas and thoughts were like, you know, um, I don't like to say we're revolutionary because it's used too like loosely, but they were revolutionary. Like some of his ideas, um, you know, just resonated with me. So I reached right out to him uh, and said, yo, I got to get you on the show. Come to find out we follow each other on Twitter. Here's the thing about social media, which is beautiful. There's a lot of people in the, like the personal finance space. Um, and we I converse online all the time. So salute to all you guys in the personal finance space. But, um, you know, so I have a lot of questions for this brother. Um, get him to tell his story because he has an amazing story. Like I said, I just read the book. And I don't want to, um, you know, ruin his story for anyone. But he's an author. You know, I just mentioned that. He's the host of his own show on YouTube, uh, The Gentleman of Crypto. And he's the founder of a startup called The Blackchain App. And we're going to ask him about his startup as well as all his work. So without further ado, man, I want to welcome Bitcoin Zay, Isaiah Jackson. But he's known as Bitcoin Zay. What's going on, brother? Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Glad to be here, brother. Glad to be here, man. Listen, man, I, you know, you share a lot of uh, ideas in your book. And I'm like, wow, I never thought about it from that perspective. Like when people talk about crypto, um, specifically in our space, it's always talked about from the investment side, whether it is a good investment, whether it's not a good investment, um, what is it? Things like that. But you talked about the utility of it in a lot of different ways that I found um, awesome. But before we get into that, how did you get your start into the crypto space? Like what's your background? Where are you from? And, you know, give us a little bit about your background. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I am from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so I'm based now in L.A., but I am from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I started with Bitcoin in 2013. Uh, I was uh, one of my roommates that I was with at the time. I had just graduated college. Uh, I had an apartment with some roommates. He actually worked for Charles Schwab at the time. Uh, they discussed Bitcoin back in 2013. And he was like, I don't know what the hell this is. I don't I have no clue what they're talking about. But I have a tech background. So I sort of understood the uh the utility of it how it sends encryption i had heard all those things before uh, so i had sort of a leg up but once i listened to max kaiser who if your listeners listen to max kaiser he's a great uh source heard one of his interviews and i was sold i was basically at a point i was a high school teacher at the time i was teaching computer science uh out in raleigh north carolina and i was you know making no money at all you know it's <laughs> sort of like teachers do and I just thought from a money standpoint, this would be something good to invest in. Uh, from that standpoint, started learning more about the technology. Uh, in 2014, 2015, if anybody was around during that time, the price was flat for about a year and a half. Nothing really happened. So took that time to educate myself. And uh, from that point, started doing trading and consulting and mining as well. 
uh, Bitcoin and Litecoin. Uh, once I got started with that, uh, I kind of switched my mindset from, hey, I can make money from it to this technology is about to change everything. And that's when me and my business partner started KRB Digital Assets Group, which we still run to this day, consulting around the world, as well as doing the show, like you mentioned earlier, Gentlemen of Crypto. Um, and that sort of is what led me to write the book as well. Uh, once I started seeing all of the solutions that could come from Bitcoin, I was like, this is perfect for black people. I don't see why this isn't one of the most discussed topics out there because the synergy between how black economics is discussed and the way Bitcoin works is right there. I mean, it's literally what we've been talking about for years. So that's why that's how I got into Bitcoin. That's why I wrote the book. What was the price when you first got into the space? What was the price? If you remember, uh, it was about one eighty, $180. I bought my first two Bitcoins in 2013 uh, I basically spent all of my savings to buy it at that time because I was like, ah, well, what I'm doing now isn't working. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see and uh, if, if you know anything about teaching in North Carolina, they're the third lowest paying state in America. So ah, I, I was literally making just enough money to go back to work. I mean, so I was like, it's got to be something different. Uh, but once you get into the industry, you start realizing money is cool, but the, the use case of it changes everything. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So my experience with Bitcoin, it actually um, started with my brother Corey here, who just kept telling me, buy it, buy it. So I have a real estate background, real estate investor, dividend stock investor, and I was trying to fully understand it. And he was like, look, nobody really fully understands it. Just shut up and buy it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and and um, so I bought some. And when it started to rise, like, uh, what was it, 2018 or whatever, it started to rise. I 2017. 17. Yeah, 17. Everyone went crazy. Yeah, when it went crazy. I sold um, a bunch of it. I was anywhere. I think it was around thirteen, fifteen thousand around there. Because I got, I literally got scared, because I never had. Listen, I've been investing for years, but I never had anything like that. crazy like that that it literally scared me. I was mm -hmm. like, "Yo, this is too good to be true." So, um, but it's a positive story because I, I sold Bitcoin and bought a piece of real estate with it. So people tell me whether it works or not. I'm like, I got bricks that show you that it actually works. <laughs> Um, but, but, it's, but it's also funny because like so my brother Corey, um we've had uh debates online offline with people who are you know um bitcoin maximalists let's say that and uh some people who still don't believe in the space and the one thing that he said that resonated with me and it made me like you know re and i saw your book I had to get it was he said this is one of the biggest transfers of wealth that we'll ever see in our lifetime and black people need to be taking a part of it right so yeah that's that's all i talk about yeah, so it's funny. So I took some notes from your book. Like I said, I really enjoyed your book. You said in there that as black people, we should let Bitcoin and cryptocurrency be our economic language and force other businesses to get down a lay down. Now, being from Philly, the last part, get down a lay down, that kind of resonated with me. But yeah, so when you say that it should be our economic language and force other businesses to do, like, what do you mean by our economic language in terms of Bitcoin and how it uh, you know, works within the black um, business ecosystem? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, when I talk to different uh, financial groups and consult with different people, one of the things I point out to them is if we talk about black economics circulating the black dollar, you know, doing things with each other. One of the biggest things that I see out here in L.A. is there's Koreatown, there's little Ethiopia, there's the Russian part, there's there's little pockets where economically they're viable and they don't necessarily care about politics or anything because business wise, they, they make that money. Now, with black people, because we're sort of scattered as we are around the globe. Digitally, you can actually create a community and use it as your economic language if you start to do things sort of, such as accept tips for Bitcoin, uh, if your business accepts Bitcoin, uh, if you invest in Bitcoin, if 
every time somebody speaks to black people, they're bringing up Bitcoin. At a certain point, that is the leverage we need to have sort of an economic language. If we're saying, hey, we're moving away from this, this Titanic boat that's about to ship, which I, I, is about to crash, I think, which is what we're on now. Uh, we're moving away from that. We're going to another system. I think that is what we can consider economic language in a digital world. And we can involve international uh, black people uh, all around the world, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and um, just to ask you another question about, about the book. You have another quote in the book. You said that Bitcoin makes you inherently entrepreneurial. Why do you feel that Bitcoin just by itself makes people entrepreneurial? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, one of the biggest aspects of being an entrepreneur is taking a chance. Basically having the, uh, the gumption to say, hey, I'm going to jump out on this ledge, do this, and uh, you know, basically do what other people haven't. That's what Bitcoin sort of presents for people. But when you get into the Bitcoin business, as far as buying and selling it, being able to see market trends, uh, starting to do uh, cash flow as far as how much Bitcoin you have coming in, how much you have going out. That's all the blockchain is, is a digital ledger. So it literally makes you entrepreneurial. And then when you start to realize, hey, I can sell goods for Bitcoin, that, that starts people uh, along the path of starting businesses. And that I'm makes saying, it a currency. That once makes you, it a once currency. You, once, you, once you sell goods with it and accept, you know, accept it as currency, that's what it, that's what it becomes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like you said, once you do that, you have kids that can get involved, teenagers, you have anybody, any business you want to start, there's no barrier to entry. So once Bitcoin becomes a part of somebody's life or somebody's investment, they start to realize, hey, I'm doing what entrepreneurs do uh, automatically anyway, sort of on the business side. And then I've seen probably 80% of people that get involved with Bitcoin start a business at some point involved around the space. Okay. Okay. That's interesting, right? So I've got a question for you that I get a lot of times online um, and people ask about, because now there's not just Bitcoin. Um, my personal use case uh, in terms of trying to use it as a currency, actually, I like Litecoin a lot better. And just that's just my personal case, like use case in terms of like using it to send for value. But I get a lot of questions online and people ask about um, with all these, uh, what they call them, shit coins now, with yeah. so many different coins. <laughs> How do you how do you weed through what's legit, what's not legit? I mean, I understand there's information, there's white papers and things of that nature, but how do you really get to the the bottom of what's you know something that should be considered valuable versus something that someone just did a money grab? Oh yeah, uh, I tell people uh, for the most part, ninety nine percent of the shitcoins uh, is just mostly people trying to take your money and trying to make up some sort of use case that doesn't exist or some problem that doesn't exist. Create a use case. Stick with Bitcoin is what I tell most people, and I believe. Options such as Litecoin, uh, because it is faster, the blockchain is less congested, it's better for payments for most people. Like you said, I've heard that plenty of times. There's other use cases for other coins, yes, but I always tell people to stick with Bitcoin. The other ones that you like, it'll be based on your discretion. But when you're in this industry long enough, it's sort of the horseshoe. You go for Bitcoin, you go to all these other altcoins, you start getting interested, and then you return back to Bitcoin. Like I said, <laughs> you basically realize... Uh, the factors that made Bitcoin great is sort of what every other project is lacking. Uh, I mean, that's, that's usually how it is. Now, from a business standpoint, for example, Ethereum, they have partnerships with Microsoft. They're having partnerships with other big companies. I tell people all the time, those companies, they're companies. They, they have to adhere to the rules. But if we're talking about a truly decentralized economy changing the world, stick with Bitcoin. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting because um, speaking of it, making entrepreneurial and um, all these new coins, I was reading today that uh, the Brooklyn Nets player, Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah. that he was trying to like tokenize his NBA contract. Mm-hmm. Um, did you read that news? Uh, and what did you think about that project? What, what he tried to pull off, the NBA told him he couldn't do it. What do you think about that? 
Oh, yeah. Well, shout out to Spencer. Just saw him uh, September 1st at an event out here in L.A. Got him the book. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, he told me he had some big plans coming. And when, he, when I saw the news, I was, you know, like, I was happy for him. But they shut it down. They told him he couldn't do it. Couldn't tokenize his project uh, or his contract. And what I think is what he did, just him saying it, even though they shut it down, first one through the door always gets shot, right? Yeah, I agree. So as soon as he brought it up, I figured it would get shot down. I was like, they're going to try, try and mess with him somehow. Uh, the good thing is now that people know that that's a thing, like, hey, I can tokenize my, my contract, bigger players will start to look at that and say, hey, I can make way more money than I'm making with the support of people who believe in me uh, buying into my contract than what they're paying. And he's a you know mid tier player making what thirty four million I believe his contract is. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Mid-tier>. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, so I know. Making a hundred, two hundred million. Like, hey, I want to tokenize half my contract, and I want to have uh, people actually buy into it so they can earn money as I do. So uh, I think that will happen sometime in the near future. Is it's baby steps though? Like I said, him, Russell Kung in the NFL saying pay me in Bitcoin. It's all but uh, just it's just baby steps. And then once it gets going. It'll be like we always were using it. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was interesting. It was like outside the box thinking, and I thought that was good. Um, something else that resonated with me in your book, right? So I'm a student of Dr. Claude Anderson and Poweronomics, and something you said reminded me. It says, protests, you said, protests such as Occupy Wall Street did not work. A bunch of disgruntled citizens sleeping in tents playing banjos outside of a bank changes nothing in regard to social change. Mm-hmm. Right? But you believe that. Um, us actually getting in this crypto space and, and, and using it various ways can do more than marches or Occupy Wall Street, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, when, I've, when I've looked at the landscape of how politics and all this stuff works, all of it is business deals. And being in business, all you have is leverage. If you don't have leverage, what are you even talking about? You shouldn't even be in the room. If you're going to cry and ask, please give me stuff, that's never going to work. It's, you're going to, it's going to take 100 years. It's going to take 200 years. But if you have a product such as Bitcoin where you can create some sort of financial leverage saying, hey, we'll exit this entire system completely and we'll go to something totally different. That gives you leverage in the political arena, in the social arena. And you don't have to risk uh, basically what I stated. The next paragraph right after that was black people are more at risk when you go out with a lot of the, you know, white, whoever people who are out there. They're not going to be the ones get arrested, getting beat up, getting held overnight. It's going to be us. And we're out there just basically just out there in the wild basically and there's no point in doing that anymore in my opinion because it hasn't worked i mean mm-hmm. we asking has not worked you have to get to a point and that's why i think bitcoin changes your mindset you have to get to a point where you're like i'm going to take what i believe is ours and if you have the investment in an asset that everybody around the world wants to own that is how you become like i said more economically viable you got to have leverage somewhere yeah oh man that's great great stuff there great stuff there so you also, um, you know, outside of the book, uh, you have your show, uh, Gentlemen of Crypto, and you guys go every day, right? Every day, Monday through Friday. Um, we were doing 3 p.m. for a long time. Uh, we just started back doing 10 a.m. simply because our schedules are so crazy, just doing it earlier. But, uh, but yes, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. How, how did that come about in terms of like, look, let me do a daily show about the crypto space. How'd that come about? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, in 2017... Uh, it may not seem like it, but I'm more of an introvert. I've never made a video in my life before 2017 about crypto. So what happened was my business partner who is in the, he's in the Hollywood industry. Uh, he's done a lot of commercials, movies, all that stuff. He basically informed me like, Hey, what you're telling me? Cause I taught him about Bitcoin. He was like, what you're telling me, everybody needs to hear it. And we need to get it out in an efficient way. Let's do a daily show. There's nobody out there doing it. Every 
crypto show we saw was some boring ass white boy monotone talking language that most people don't understand. That's what we got tired of. And we were like, all right, if we're going to learn about crypto or people want to learn about crypto, uh, one of the best ways is a daily show. We put out the news as well as answer questions and we do it live. So we are at episode 480. We did 480 today. And literally every show we give away free crypto. Uh, and we also, like I said before, answer all our questions live. So it's nothing pre-recorded. Everything people ask, they shoot at us, we do it. Because I feel like most people who do videos pre-recorded, they're great. But when you catch some people live, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> they, yeah. I mean, it's just how it is. I've been at conferences. I've talked to these people and I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, how long have you been in this space? They don't really know what they're talking about. So I wanted to challenge ourselves. I came up with the live part. Uh, so we could basically say, hey, yeah, we, give us whatever questions you got. We're in this industry. I've been here going on seven years now. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's dope. And I'll make sure I put a link in the description so people could take a look at your show because you give a lot of information there. Um, speaking of that, well, so now that you're in this industry and you're going to conferences and, you know, um, you're meeting people who are doing amazing projects. That's another thing. Your book is worth the price just because at the end of the book, when you have that long list of resources, like it's funny because as I was reading through, I was like, man. I got to highlight all these resources and I got to the end like, oh, he already did it. But um, <laughs> so you've meeting people in all different walks of life within the space. Uh, the question I have is how many people of color do you see? Or let me say black people, because I hate to turn people of color. How many black folks do you see when you go to these conferences? Uh, when I first started, it was just me. I was, it was like, a, it was like <laughs> <laughs> I was like a fly of milk. <laughs> um, <laughs> a fly of milk. Yeah, literally. I, I really felt like I was the only black person that knew about this and was doing it back, you know, 2013, 2014. Um, at, in today's time, I would say probably still less than two or three percent of conferences are black. However, I do want to shout out Sinclair Skinner, uh, the first black person I saw talking about crypto. He uh, runs a company called Bitmari and he puts on the Black Blockchain Summit every year in D.C. the last two years. So uh, just was there September uh, 9th and 10th. So I want to shout out to him for that because we both said the same thing. He came out to Hollywood. Uh, you know, I met up with him through Twitter, like he said, social media. And the first thing he said was, I'm tired of going to these conferences and there's no black people there. Like, I don't know any black people in crypto. And this is something that we should all be a part of. So, yes, right now it's getting better, but I'm trying to push the wave forward even more. So people aren't as really scared. That's why I wrote the book how I did. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. I got to reach out to him, too, because I would definitely love to see that because... Um, like I said, I, I love to see people in all kinds of spaces. I love to see our people, like um, our last show, option traders. I love to see real estate investors. I like to see us in all these spaces because, like Corey always says, there's money for, like flowing on a daily basis in all these spaces, and we need to have uh, our foot in all of them, right? I don't, I, don't get, I don't get into the debates about what's better than this or that's better than that. I'm like, yo, do all of it. It's yeah, money out there. It's money, yeah. Give it, give it, get Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't get into that. Get, just get all of it. Get all the bread. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, and also, so let's talk about your, uh, your startup. You have a startup called a uh, Blackchain app. Can you tell us our audience what is Blackchain app? Um, mm -hmm. you know, how'd you come up with the idea, and and what's the future of Blackchain app? What is it? Oh yeah. Well, uh, I saw a problem in the industry. Uh, 99% of venture capitalist money goes outside of the black community. So right now, black community only gets about 1% of that investment and black women only get about 0.2% of that. And what people need to understand is a lot of the wealth in this country is parked in businesses through venture capitalism. That is where the wealth sits. People say, I'm worth 80 million. No, 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 50 million of that is parked in businesses that they can't really touch and that's not liquid. That's where the money is. So what I realized is uh, if you combine a new money system, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency with an investment platform, 
what you can get as businesses getting venture capitalist investment in fiat still through cash, but also the option for Bitcoin. And the reason I wanted to create an investor platform like that, it matches business, uh, business owners with investors. What that does is it allows the barrier of entry to be gone. So if you're only looking at U.S. investors with fiat, that's fine. But if you actually raise your money in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, there is borderless. You can get money from, from uh, Kenya. You can get money from the Caribbean. You can get money from anywhere. And if you're a business, it takes away the risk of it being personal, you know, one-on-one loans because you actually have a track record of cash flow balances, all of that stuff. So uh, that is what uh, blockchain is. Uh, one of the best parts about it is not just black-owned businesses and small businesses in general, but it gives you the platform to be able to broadcast your business peer-to-peer. Uh, that's one of the biggest things I want people to realize is getting in a room with a lot of these venture capitalists is damn near impossible. Uh, one of the things they want and one of the things we provide is the opportunity to give a 15-second pitch. You can do it right on your profile. They can see what sector they're looking at and investors can quickly decide whether or not, hey, we want to invite them in, we want to talk more. And I want us to be the standard for Black-owned businesses, but for any small businesses to get in the room. Because uh, venture capitalists, they're not looking really outside of their immediate circle. Like in okay. San Francisco... That's who they talk to, but we're trying to change that with Bitcoin and crypto. So you're saying even within the space, the businesses that are within the space can kind of like um, do business together. In, in, yeah. in, in, oh, okay. Okay. Absolutely. We have a directory uh, as well. Uh, we have something called social credit score. So whenever you pay back loans or pay back investments, it actually increases it. Um, so it's not based on any type of outside, you know, my brother's cousin is, don't, you know, forget all that. It's either you got it or you don't. And that's what I think Bitcoin does. Uh, it takes away the bias. And that's one of the things that when you talk about business, when you take away the bias, uh, a lot of times you start to see those diversity numbers increase regardless. Because the bias- know, Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm following you. So is, is this like uh, just loaning the business money or is it also equity position? You get equity position as yes. well. Mm-hmm. You take equity positions, yes. Crowdfunding, all of that as well, yes. Oh, uh, so you're allowed to do all of that on there. Yes. Oh, that's dope. That's dope yep. And my CTO is out here in LA right now. We're finishing the uh, private beta. By the end of the year and we'll have that out everybody can sign up on blockchainonline.com to be the first to use it so okay so people can get into the private beta now mm-hmm. or you can sign up for it yes and the private beta will be released december uh 2019 december. okay dope dope all right man that's that's yeah, an interesting that's, that's idea crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's 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 that could be community changing <laughs> No, absolutely it could. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely it could, man. And, you know, one of the things that we try to do is um, support and help uh, black businesses and small businesses. So, man, mm-hmm. when, having, that, having that information when we do our – because we're – and actually for the people out there who are listening too, we're actually getting ready to throw one at the end of October um, mm-hmm. where we're going to throw a, um, an event at a black business. People come down and support. So having that information and, and trying to, like, you know, build that network up and giving those options of people and new, new, new ways to get resources. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a whole absolutely. new world we live in, man. So, hey, absolutely. Man. So, so listen. So, you got the book, you got the show. Um, you know, you're active in the space. So, what's the future? Like, what is, what is your future outside of it? Is it just building blockchain? You got any other revolutionary ideas out there? <laughs> uh, well, blockchain, yes, definitely will be my focus going into 2020. Uh, of course, the book. I'll be touring uh, at different places like that. Uh, one of the biggest ideas I do want to throw out for anybody watching your show that can be revolutionary is Bitcoin ATMs. All right, so. People who don't like cryptocurrency or don't care about it, they don't like the volatility, fine, whatever. But during the gold rush, the people who made the most money are the people who sold shovels. And what I'm offering when I tell people about Bitcoin ATMs is a chance to sell the shovels. 
if you have a Bitcoin ATM, it doesn't matter if the price is going up or going down. People will buy, people will sell it. This industry is not going anywhere. And the biggest thing about the Bitcoin ATM industry is there are only 5,600 ATMs, Bitcoin ATMs in the world, right? The average bank has 15,000 ATMs a piece, right? So it's very early in the market, very, very early. So what I'm trying to encourage people as a owner of a Bitcoin ATM, you can earn percentage off of people buying Bitcoin with cash and selling it for cash. Buy the shovels, basically, in the black community. And I have found someone that has a large amount of ATMs, over a thousand ATMs available for sale for black people. If you want to be able to buy Bitcoin ATMs, they lease it and you earn your percentage quarterly. 1,000 ATMs is 20% of the market. So, oh man, I'm gonna hit you off yeah. about that. That's definitely gonna get hit. Exactly. So, <laughs> one of the things I'm working with the, the company, I have an NDA with them, so I can't discuss them, but one of the biggest things is location. If we get locations, the ATM itself, you know, is good, but the location, you get the real estate because when the market takes off again, remember in the bull market, it's not just price that increase, everything increases. Views on your videos, uh, people talking about Bitcoin in, uh, uh, in, in public, people using Bitcoin ATMs, every industry increases. So what happens is if we can start to get that real estate now, in 2020, before the happening in May, I believe we can have a good number of people that have ATMs either set up or on the way to being set up. And when people are running to buy or sell Bitcoin, make money either way, and you get paid in Bitcoin if you want. So if you believe in this industry, you can. If not, you get paid in fiat. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to tell black people is you can make money either way. Who cares? So, <laughs> oh, the man, so even if you don't like it, do that and just be like, everybody's going to sell it. Perfect. Then get your percentage from a Bitcoin ATM. Don't, you know, don't sit around and just let it happen. There's a oh, lot of ways. We got, about, we got about five of them here in Philly. Yeah, that's oh, all. Yeah. I, that, but that, but none of them. I guarantee you, none of them are um are are ours. Let's put it. No, I, yeah, I can guarantee none yeah. of them belong to somebody with bronze skin. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, let me ask, but before we get you out of here, let me ask you another question. So, someone who's watching this and they're like, "Okay, that's interesting. I want to learn more about the space outside of getting your book. We want we want everybody to go get the book. Um, mm -hmm. what is the first step you would give in terms of advice for someone looking to get into the space? Oh yeah. Well, first thing is uh, get skin in the game. Buy some Bitcoin. $5 worth, $10 worth. If you have Cash App right now, you can literally buy it through Cash App. That's the easiest onboarding app I, I know because people use it anyway. They use Cash App anyway. Buy Bitcoin through there. Have some skin in the game. What you need to first learn is how to send it, how to receive it. Because one of the things I talk about in the book is the internet age uh, came and you didn't have to know anything about TCP IP protocols. You didn't have to know about layer two. You don't have to know about local area. You know how to use the internet, right? You know how to click. And mm -hmm. Bitcoin is going to get to that point. So all of this information about blockchains and mining and hashing, you don't really have to know that in order to be able to use it. So the first thing I tell people is get some skin in the game. Buy some Bitcoin. Use it. Send it a small amount so you, you, know, you don't feel like you're losing anything. And make sure you pay attention to news. You can watch our show. Just news in general. Crypto, Bitcoin news, five minutes every day. Check it out. Uh, one of the things you have to do is educate yourself. That's the second thing. Get some skin in the game, educate yourself. And then the last thing I would say for beginners is once you have done all that, use what you already do to earn Bitcoin. If you already sell goods, if you accept tips for your job, there's a website right now called Try Lolly, T-R-Y-L-O-L-L-I. They have over 300 stores, Walmart, Sephora, Target. Uh, it's, a bunch, it's, it's a bunch of them on there. You buy stuff anyway, just buy it from there and you earn Bitcoin cash back rewards. Literally. Oh, all right. Dope. Up to 27% um, on some, some of these goods. So just buy what you already buy 
or do the things you already do, just incorporate Bitcoin into it. So those are three things I tell people when they start. Skin in the game, uh, make sure you educate yourself, and then do what you already do to earn Bitcoin. You know, it's funny, right? Because um, even after like uh, getting into the space, making the money I made or what have you, mm-hmm. when, when, um, when Cash App first got it, I, I went and bought some on Cash App. Just, I like to use all the different platforms just to see how they work. So when people ask questions, I can, you know, have experience. But it was something about like, you know, Coinbase is one thing, Binance is one thing. When I used it on Cash App, something actually clicked in me because of the ease of transferring it to, to Fiat if I wanted to, but also like just being able to get it that fast. And now you can, you know, send right through the, it was just so much easier. Something actually clicked in me like, yo, this is, this could be utilized. It's not just a store of value. No, I know, I know people who swing trade on Cash App. On Cash App. Yep. Yep. I know a lot of people who swing trade on Cash App. Buy it when it hits low, they sell it when it goes up, earn two hundred bucks in a day. I've seen people, yeah. And definitely. then cash yeah. out. Mm-hmm. But it was but it was something about having it on that platform where it clicked to me like, yo, I could just use this as a uh, as, as 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 cash. Like, well, you know, for lack of a better term, like this is money. Like mm-hmm. it was something different about buying it on that platform versus all the other platforms where I looked at it like sort of like a store of value, like gold, where I sit it to the side, I put it on my wallet. But when I saw it on there, because I use Cash App all the time, you know, mm-hmm. selling books or what have you. So um, you know, uh, that, that it actually clicked to me. So that's dope though. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I tell people too, if you do that, one of the things you can do is, uh, you increase your purchasing power. So for instance, the price of Bitcoin is what? 3000 in February. If you bought Bitcoin, uh, let's say you bought it at 3000 and the price went to where it is now, 8,000. Uh, you basically just two and a half X your money, right? Mm-hmm. So the purchasing power that you get from Bitcoin from that is, hey, I can buy something and still have the dollar amount of Bitcoin from what I have before. And yeah. for some people who may not have another option, that may be what they have to do at a certain point. So even though we may look at it like, oh, it's just an investment. Oh, we can use it when we feel like it. Venezuela, Iran, India, these places yeah. don't have much choices. So when they start looking at it like that, they're like, oh, I can continue buying stuff, you know, and still have that dollar value quote-unquote, amount available, mm-hmm. So uh, even if you don't use the store value, the utility is still there. And I think that's a great point because a lot of times when talking to people, um, they only look at this uh, from, from, you know, the aspect of having it here in our country. But mm-hmm. when you think about the world in general, like there's so many places so that, many. that, you know, can use this for so many different reasons, right? whether that's being like, you know, um, stuck up by auto places that you need to send money back home. Like, you know, um, I've seen people that actually told me, well, I send money back home and now, I, you know, I do it through uh, cryptocurrency because it doesn't cost me as much. So that's also something else to think about, like how this thing can um, have a utility across the world, not just here in, in the States. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we're just we're just at the tip of the iceberg. We're literally just starting. So right now people are transferring crypto and then moving it to cash. At a certain point, I think people are just going to use crypto or stable coins or whatever. It's going to be digital. So at that point, that's when you'll start seeing fees dramatically decrease. Because when there's no changeover, that's when people are like, oh, we don't need a third party. And that's what crypto was built for, to be peer-to-peer anyway. So can't yeah. wait for that day. And, you know, that was my, actually my next question I was going to ask you is, uh, where do you think we are in this whole thing? Like, so we haven't hit our tipping point yet. Like, in, is this still relatively early in the space? Because some people... Um, we'll say, well, I missed the, the big rush. Like, where do you think we are in the grand scheme of things? Oh, yeah. Well, in 2013, when I started, I thought I missed it. So everybody, one of the, <laughs> one of the secrets, I mean, one of the secrets of the Bitcoin industry is no matter when you start, you always think you're late. So if you think this is going to last the next hundred years, just start today because it doesn't matter. You're going to feel late no matter when you start. 
Um, and one of the best parts about this industry is that if it is a money system that goes forward, where I see us going or see this industry going is it will be the standard at a certain point in the next, I think, 10 years. It will be a, a, a country that sets it as a standard. Bulgaria is storing as many Bitcoins as possible. China is mining 80% of the supply. There will be a country that basically is like, nah, we're going to move to the Bitcoin standard. We don't need the dollar because the dollar is 99% down since Federal Reserve got created. I just see us moving away from that. All the signs are pointing that way. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that's where we're, where we're headed. Okay. Interesting. So Corey, you got any questions? Uh, no, he, he, he really answers the question because he basically, you know, market penetration, you know, like you said, China is, is, is mining. You got, you know, foreign countries mining it. And, and once they come off the, the, you know, the petrol dollar, cause that's really what we really on is, you know, the oil standard. Um, that that's that's when it's going to really go down. So, you know, what I mean, I think we at like two percent, three percent of where we're going to be in the next twenty or thirty. You know, what I mean, in the next twenty, thirty years. So, you already explained a lot of why I think we only at like two or three percent market penetration for for what Bitcoin is really going to do. You know, in our society in the next in the next ten twenty years. Oh, okay. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really got started. I'm, uh, not yet. Yeah, and especially within our community, man. So the people out there listening um, or watching this, um, hey, listen, look them up, look up the book, make sure you do your research. But um, think about just having a little bit of skin in the game. Like you said, get some skin in the game and understand what's going on because Corey always talks about this transfer of wealth, and we want to make sure that we're a part of this. Like I said, get all your money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't just don't don't be one of these people online arguing about this versus that. Do it all. Do it all, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. so um, listen, man. Um, we appreciate your time. We definitely appreciate and, uh, your book. Again, it's phenomenal. Um, I can't say enough kind words about your book because, like, your ideas. And I don't want to give them all up on the show, but you have a lot of ideas about not only why but how um our people can get into the space. And um, you know, like I said, the the word is revolutionary. So I want to make sure everybody go get. It's called Bitcoin in Black America. I will put the link in the description. Oh yeah, and that's what it looks like right there. Absolutely, you, you gotta. You gonna do an audio book for it? You know, some people yeah. like the audio book. Yeah, uh, I'm actually recording it now. Uh, between traveling, I haven't been able to sit down uh, in LA and do it, but it will be coming this month. Audio book okay. is coming before the end of October. I've had a lot of people ask about it, and I know people like to listen to it. Yeah, no doubt. So make sure you get that book. Also, get me and Corey's book, Own Your Time and Space. That's our book too, right? So we, we we all authors on here. How about that? Three black men as authors. That's dope. <laughs> but but um with that being said though man listen um thanks again for your time keep up the great work man um and we make sure that as the as the as what, what time press, your show come on what time your show come on tell, oh, yeah. tell the people monday through friday 10 a.m uh pacific time uh 1 p.m east coast time okay no what's doubt. the name of the show again and the show is called the gentleman of crypto it's on youtube uh the live show and you can catch the podcast on itunes spotify our heart radio uh, and one other platform I can't remember right now, but yes, yeah, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and iTunes. Every yeah. day, Monday yeah. through Friday. Yep, Monday every day. Friday. We'll put the link. We'll put the link to that, and as well as the link to his book in the yeah. description. But again, like you know, like I said, thanks for your time, and as things progress, man, um, and the industry goes through changes, we want to bring you back on here to like you know talk in the future, you Absolutely. know, especially with blockchain as you start to get that built up, because um, man, that that's something else revolutionary. Now, I didn't really have a full understanding until you just explained it how powerful that can be. Oh yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, just trying to get it get it done and act on the solutions that I presented to other people. So, yeah, definitely. And I do want to put one more one last thing: uh, the QR code on the back of the book. If you do purchase it, 
all of the proceeds to that QR code are going to the Crypto Kids Camp uh, here in Inglewood, California, as well as my hometown, Charlotte, North Carolina. So we just had our first one out here in Inglewood. That one uh, was a success. Had AI, drones, uh, we talked blockchain gaming, gave everybody crypto wallets. So all of those proceeds will go towards the kids because that's who's going to oh, Um Before we get you out of here, explain, how, explain the camp, like how to come about it and, and what was all done there. Because uh, we have our camp here in Philadelphia. We do uh, the Buy the Hood um, ownership camp. We talk about the ownership of like um, equity and companies and stocks and things like that. So explain this uh, crypto camp you put together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I started a uh, crypto kids camp the exact same time as the owners of Crypto Plug in Inglewood, California. Uh, two sisters, uh, Naja and JC Marie, they own the Crypto Plug. We both started Crypto Kids Camps. Um, my part of it was blockchain gaming, uh, art, and coding. And then she had the drones, uh, the crypto wallets, and the Bitcoin ATM in the facility. So when they did theirs in Inglewood, uh, you know, taught kids. We had about 12 kids for that one. And then in Charlotte, we'll be doing that one uh, this next summer coming up. So, uh, yes, the, the actual sign-up process, you can go to Crypto Plug. Uh, actually holler at them because the sign-up process for the next camp is starting soon. Uh, I don't know exactly, but yes, I have to talk to them, but yes. How often y'all do the camp? Uh, right now we're looking at just once a year, but uh, actually we're about to extend it to twice just because of demand. Uh, so yes, the next camp sign-up will be very soon. So check out Crypto Plug in Inglewood, California. Two, two dope black sisters that started that. So, yes, definitely getting that going. Crypto plug. That's dope. Like I reached out to them as well. Um, listen, man, you're a wealth of knowledge, a lot, a lot of information. Um, again, thank you. Good luck with the camp. Good luck with the book. And good luck with the startup, man. Um, I just want to say thanks, man. And I, like I said, we'll definitely have you back here in the future. For those out there watching, don't forget, subscribe to the channel. Share this content if you're listening to the podcast. Also, make sure you um, look up Bitcoins Day. I'm going to put all his information in the description box. Make sure you check out his, uh, his book and everything he has going on, his daily show. Um, and share our show as well, man. Uh, Core, this is another amazing episode, right? Absolutely. Yeah, man. This, 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 this warmed my heart, man. This, this, right. This is a man after my own, after my own heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to get to Philly soon so we can chop it up in person, man. We no doubt, see- no doubt. Let's let me know. Let's, yeah, but for the listeners out there, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make; it's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we'll check you out on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>